You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. It's Monday, so it's time for Shapiro World with David Shapiro from Assessment Securities. You attended an event last week, David, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I think it was, held in the Druckensburg, and it's always quite a good event from what I understand. I've never been myself. Firstly, the Druckensburg is very beautiful. Secondly, you were a contributor, not just an attendee. What was your message that you sent to people? I spoke after Pitt, Fulion, and Pitt's great. You know, he's, a, yeah. he's the ultimate investor, value investor, and he sticks very closely to the principles that have been laid down by Benjamin Graham, you know, safety of capital, protection of your losses, you know, safety margins, all those, and he does it very well. I, I can't criticize him, and he's a good speaker. He's highly regarded. So I came on to take the other stand, and I'm a growth investor, even though to an extent I'm not really that inclined. I look for good investments, you know, and I don't. I can buy anything. I, I don't like to wrap myself in a, um, you know, I, I don't like to put a wrapping around myself and say I'm value or growth. Yeah. I like to be in between. I just like to look for good investments. But but I like to play up to the, you know, we play up to the crowds by coming across as growth investors just to give a difference of opinion. But it was a decent discussion and, 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 and fun, you know. I still like... To, to be honest, my leanings are towards businesses that are going to grow and make a difference to our lives in the sense that uh, they're going to produce something that we haven't got or develop something that we haven't got, you know, now. So it is, if you want to classify me growth, then I am you know, probably growth, but I'm very careful about the quality of the companies that I buy. I don't buy it simply because I like the story. You know, there's got to be some money around it as well. But it was, you know, it was, uh, overall it was a very good, um, it, you know, it was a good conference with a lot of diverse speakers. Good. And did you learn anything from the other speakers? I mean, you, you know most of them, I would have thought, but was there anything that made you, um, as you were driving home back to Gauteng, uh, did you say, I really think I must have a look at what that chap or that uh, woman just said? I always enjoy Stafford Massey, you know, who was uh, CEO of Google at one stage. He's now very involved in blockchain and in crypto. But I think I was more interested in blockchain and how, you know, that will change our lives. I'm not, I've never, I've never opposed that. You know, I've always believed that you're going to get transformation of, of technology and different ways of doing things and keeping ledgers. Um, I'm not inclined to buy cryptos yet. But what he did say and what, what was interesting is that a lot of young people, those that aren't even in their 20s yet mm. are almost by uh, NFTs as a identity badge. Mm. This is who I am. You know what I mean? This is in, in almost uh, sometimes when they play uh, computer games, you know, when they play games, they kind of build up their own alter egos. You know, they will create their own characters. And I think this is something that we can't ignore. There's a whole new generation of people that are going to come up, be involved, and have a different approach to finance and read it. Mm. And you've got to open your eyes to that. And, you know, that came across. I don't, I don't, Lindsay, I don't always understand the technology because there are a lot of terms that, that my brain can't get, a, you know, can't, can't get around. But, um, yeah, and, and there were some other interesting speakers, you know, um, anti-vaxxers, uh, you know, uh, um, a lot of politics and so on. But always, 
what I'll, what what was interesting is that there wasn't a mask in sight. <laughs> you know, no one, and you didn't no, wear no one. one you, you, you didn't wear one no, either. Well, you you can't help it. You know why I say that is because of course you, can. Uh, you come, you sit down at a table, and everybody comes around you to chat, and you're, you know, you have a glass of wine, and you're talking to people. So eventually, you you just drop the uh, the pretext of a of a mask. So mm. um, that was interesting. To, what, what I'm saying is that people have have dropped, uh, have almost gone beyond uh, you know the covid so um anyway that 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 was the interesting part because it was one of the reasons that that i went a day late i was very nervous of it i wanted to avoid it but uh, you get sucked in and you know even if you you know whatever you're there <laughs> you're there I mask, really, no mask but it I was really, lovely part of it david mm-hmm. i really mm-hmm. couldn't care less whether other people are wearing masks or not i mean i go i went out today i went shopping i put my mask on there wasn't one person in any shop yeah. in the town yeah. in the netherlands where i live uh, no one was wearing a mask i was the only one and yeah. i don't care and the bloke said to me who knows me from a particular shop he said um, oh so you're still wearing a mask i said yeah so it's my choice, yeah. and, and yeah. I'll take it yeah. off as soon as I go cycling or something like that. But mm. uh, while I'm in a shop with, with people, oh yeah, because there will be another variant, and I, I don't yeah. particularly want to get it because I've had yeah. it, and it's yeah. it's not very nice. It's it's it's, no, a, it's, I, un, it's I, unpleasant. I, yeah, mm. no, I understand that, and I, I respect that. And uh, um, I think the hard thing is that once you're invited to a place like this, it's very difficult. You yeah. know, to become part of it and and keep because you eventually suffocate. You know, you just turn over and die. You know, mm. <laughs> you try to walk upstairs carrying a case with a mask on. You know, especially at my age. By the time I get to the top, I'm hyperventilating oh, and dying. Please, David, you're super fit. <laughs> you're talking rubbish now. I mean, it's a ridiculous mask I, mask yeah. argument you've mm. just come up with now. Of course, you get it. Was just, a, yeah, go on. It's a beautiful part of this of the country. Yeah. You know, you know what the tragedy is. I tell you what, the, and I think that I've heard this before by, by some. I think it was Azar Jamin who mentioned that during the holidays he had taken family around the country yeah. and was appalled by the quality of the roads. Um, I didn't find what I did find very interesting, uh, Lindsay. And I haven't driven down that road, the N3, for many, many years. That's the main road from Johannesburg uh, to Durban. The main you, road, Durban And then you to turn Durban. off uh, for the Drakensberg, obviously. That's right, yeah. yeah. That's right. At Bergville and then turn right, you know, to Champagne Castle mm-hmm. or Champagne Sports Centre. And that, that's about a step. That road was tricky, the, the off-ramp, you know, when we went there. It wasn't as bad as I thought. It was okay, but there were some very difficult areas, you know, where big potholes, and you don't see them. You know what I mean? You're driving, it's been raining, they're covered in water, you don't know that there's a ditch there. So you have to be on your, you know, very alert. In fact, that's why I, I needed to get back early Friday morning. I left, I could only leave once the sun had risen because I didn't trust the roads. Mm. But yes. the big point is that I think the 300 or however many kilometers, nearly 400, that it took to get to the turnoff were on the M2, you just get trucks. Truck after truck after truck, um, taking down containers, taking down, um, you know, supply chain, taking down things just shows you, you know, when we talk about um, the end of the destruction, decay of Transnet, you can see that the rail is gone. And this, when I say truck after truck, I'm not exaggerating. I think within 50 meters 
oh, there's a one other truck in that. There's very seldom do you get a stretch. Now, the problem is that when you're driving, yes, it's a double carriageway and it's free. You don't, you know, you're not, you're not snarled up. But on your left-hand side, you've just got these massive trucks. And coming at you on the other side are equal number of trucks. And that's a strain. You know, it makes dra- driving very, you know, you've got to be alert, absolutely alert at, at, at every point. But I could not, cars being shipped up, you know what I mean? Transport, every kind of transport, uh, every kind of commodity being transported up from Durban to Joburg on, on, uh, on the road. I think that, uh, David, if, if, if South Africa does get enough money to boost its um, national infrastructure, the one thing that there should be is uh, a freight line between yes. a double-sided, a dual carriageway freight line between Johannesburg and Durban and the other way around as well to relieve that. Because as you quite rightly say, I mean, a truck driver falls asleep at the wheel because maybe yeah. he hasn't uh, quite obeyed the rules or something and uh, causes trouble. I mean, mm. that road is a death trap. I mean, you must see the statistics, well, how many people die on that road. Uh, you know what? You cannot, I would not do that at night. No. I wouldn't do it at dusk. I would only do it in, in kind of bright sunlight. I, look, the places along the road were superb. You know, all the stopovers, the garages and, and so on. Mm. And, um, you know, Wayne always talks about spur. And <laughs> I actually convinced my wife 90, about 70 k's outside on the way down. We left on Wednesday yeah. on the way down to, uh, um, you know, to Champagne's uh, a sports center about just before Harry Smith and that I was starving. I had, I went there and we had a burger from Spur. I mean, this is in the middle of nowhere. It was superb. They're very good. And burgers. even Linda, I mm. had to explain. I had to explain. Now they don't make the patties there. The patties get delivered. Everything. It's a, <laughs> it's a franchise and that, but it was absolutely delicious. Yes. <laughs> she, a burger, you know, a burger in the bundu you mad blah, blah forget it it was superb very good <laughs> and well, the place was spotless there was also an, an okay bizarre supermarket which was absolutely spotless as well really you know credit to the places that run these um you know these service stations and so on uh you know the toilets everything really so there there i can't complain the roads so that's something else <laughs> yeah exactly okay let's mm. uh, let's move on now i, mm. I don't want to talk mm. about all the results and announcements that came out today and before we go on to geopolitics which we, of course we have to the one that really stood out for me this morning came out at five past seven on the stock exchange news service was MassMart. this thing is getting destroyed yes, it's down about eight yeah, percent totally. today what, yeah, what are they getting yeah, wrong yeah. when other retailers I, are I starting everything. to get it right what are they what, what are they I doing wrong I, I, I just think that the whole structure was wrong, and that's going to take a long time to catch up to the competition. It, it, you know what it does highlight is that you just you can't just open a shop and uh, you know uh, get Mori biscuits and some bread and milk and become a you know compete with Shoprite or pick and pay or anything. And I think it's it's the whole distribution, it's the quality, you know everything adds up to make a good retailer that we have seen consistently in pick and pay and, and you know, certainly in ShopRite recently and so on. And in other retailers, Diskim and, and uh, you know, e- e- even, sorry, Clicks and so mm. on. So I, I think they've just, they just had the wrong formula and it's going to take a long time for them to get the right kind of formula that attracts buyers again. 
What is Mass Smart it's, now? What has it got? Because it got rid of game, everything. didn't it? It got rid of mm. game. Uh, what is it? Is it? Macro is obviously the, the flagship. It's mainly Macro. I, I think mm. Macro, which is a distributor to third-party sellers. Yes. You know, that's, it's a wholesaler, that's, uh, in other words. A wholesaler, yeah. 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 Spa, uh, not Spa. Spa, in a way, is like that. Spa is not. No, no, no. Spa uh, is, a, is a buying, you know, you buy for your franchise holders. So you've got, it's a buying organization, whereas this is a wholesaler and sells to uh, mom and pops and people like that who want to distribute or to industry and businesses and so on. But I, I you know, to be honest, I look at the companies that are successful, and uh, I know there's been a lot of attention, but MassMart just hasn't grabbed it for me. And you would have thought with the with with Walmart, mm. and uh, you know the new CEO is an appointee of Walmart, that uh, things would have been you know would have been better. But it's going to take time. This is not this is not going to be an easy turnaround. I think I think they'll get it. You know, they'll they'll eventually start to improve. But I mean, for the meantime, they're taking a lot of pain. I certainly are. I sent out a tweet, actually. Mm -hmm. I've got a screenshot from a trading screen. And the top five on the JSC were 13% up. 10 percent update yeah, number yeah, they were all yeah. they were all mm. commodity producing companies because mm. we have to say something about what happened this morning when biden uh, put out the idea that um, yeah. the united states and its allies might boycott russian crude mm. oil imports the crude oil price david went to 139 dollars a barrel yeah. it pulled back dramatically and has done it so i think it's 122 at the moment yeah it's just it's 122.40 at the moment but that's still seven dollars higher than friday this yeah. is game changing yeah. stuff i mean this yeah. this yeah. Uh, yeah. you can say yeah. okay well i've got a car and i'm going to drive less and mm. um, it's going to mm. cost me you know 500 rand more every yeah. month to, to drive my car but on the other hand it's everything everything single food stuff that is transported in the trucks that you were mentioning Je going from johannesburg to Point. Durban, it's yeah. going to yeah. be passed on to the consumer. Yeah. It's disastrous. Well, next month is going to cost 10% higher to schlep that down to the coast. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know what, what they pay per litre. I don't know what they put in, whether it's diesel or whether it's petrol. But, I mean, you can see from what we are uh, witnessing now, prices are going to go up. That means that that whole shipment that's coming down is going to have an added cost. Uh, either the the transporter, the supply chain provider, um, a logistics company are going to cut their margins or alternatively it's going to be passed on. So you can't ignore that. You know, I'd, I think this is going to take, uh, you know, we, we used to talk about inflation being transitory um, and we, we didn't know. We didn't know that this was going to happen when we were talking about it last year or in the early part of the year. But we've this is this is going to be with us some time. It's going to this is not going to be an easy year to to work our way through, um, you know, what we've witnessed or um, experienced in the last 10 days or two weeks. Um, it's going to, this is world changing. I mean, really world changing. And I, Lindsay, I don't think we've. I don't think we've put our minds to what's going to happen, but I think it's going to change things so dramatically. Uh, in, in, in one way, it's going to speed up non-reliance on gas and, and energy. You don't want to uh, rely on a foreign currency to provide your energy needs. So you are going to go the way of renewables or, you know, windmills and that because <laughs> – and I can see a return to coal. You have to fire up some other – you know, 
it's 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 at your own expense. Sometimes you can say we're going to delay this, but I can't see them not using coal or or turning away from coal. You know, clean air or not, I think this is bro- this is an emergency which we just have to delay those. I don't know whether you agree or disagree, but, but I mean, sometimes if you're cold, you know what I mean. If you're out in the snow, freezing there, and you're waiting for your for your windmill to kick in or something like that, and there's a barrel of coal there or a bucket of coal, you're gonna you're gonna burn that coal. You know what I mean? Something's got to be done because it's also politically unpalatable. Because I watch the BBC and I watch Sky, and they have interviews with people. You know, the man and woman in the street. And they'll say, they'll stick a microphone in someone's face as they're walking along the street and say, "What do you think about the cost of living at the moment?" And the woman will say. Oh, you know, I, I can't afford to. I can't afford to, <laughs> to, to, to fill my shopping basket every month because the price of bread's going up. And uh, you know, my husband drives yeah. a car every morning, and uh, it's costing too much, and it's eating into our savings and everything. But I, I know I'm being slightly flippant. But on the other hand, yeah, yeah, it's I know. And the, the yeah. thing is that they, yeah. they don't understand. And like we do, that these prices are not set in Halifax or in South mm-hmm. London or something. They're set mm-hmm. on international yeah. exchanges, yeah. and, it, and it's, it's a global price. But I do think yeah. governments have to do something about it because the yeah. cost of living I, has soared yeah. so badly. I have this argument. I'm, I'm a pragmatist, and I'm not going to give you long-term views. I'm saying, you, you, you know what, sometimes... I see this with a lot of commentators. Sometimes just be sensitive to what is happening to yes. that poor old lady Quite in right. the street. Just uh, you know, be sensitive to her needs. They might not. They might only be short term, but you don't have to have the central bankers coming here or the economists, you know, sitting at their spreadsheets and and giving you the whole lecture about interest rate. Just stay back. You know, don't put an extra burden on them. Understand what they're going through, so you don't have to exacerbate or complicate the issues by now suddenly jacking up interest rates. So what if you delay it a month or two until this is eased back when the timing is right? So I had that argument all the time. Can you imagine those truckers, number one? Can you imagine the number of people we have here on the poverty line is incredible. I mean, it's the number of people who barely make it through a day or a month. And a lot of them rely on taxis. They get into a taxi. They have yeah. to pay. Um, they rely on bread. Wheat comes from Ukraine, comes from Russia. That price has gone through the roof. So you get, I don't know whether this is government controlled and we subsidize it. Whatever it is, food prices are going to go. So just hold back on the interest rates. You don't have to make things more difficult for everybody, you know, for the, for the entitlers. So I'm saying, yes, we understand theory. We understand the playbooks, you know, the inflation playbooks, but just this is not the time to do it. You know, people are feeling very edgy and sensitive. I don't but think I lose the argument. I don't think it's <laughs> I lose the argument. Yeah, in South Africa, it's not so much an interest rate sensitive story. It's a subsidised story. I mean, I know that places mm. like Checkers, for example, um, mm. I can't remember exactly when it was. I think when maize prices went up, they came to the party and they said, we're not going to raise prices. And they, and they did that. And they did it for, for two reasons. One, to gain publicity. Yeah. But I think most of all, because yeah. they understood their customer. Their yeah. customer could mm. not afford yeah. it. And, and, I, and I think they'll do it again. But I think government has to come in and subsidise, unfortunately, uh, because, you know, we, bread is a staple. On the, yeah. Yeah, on that side, definitely, on the food side. On the petrol side, I, I don't think they've got 
They have already tried to subsidize it by not touching fuel tax, you know, by leaving fuel tax where it is, because fuel tax makes up, I think, 50% of the oil price, might even be more. But um, they can't, you know, it's it's at that level. It does it. I'll, I'll give you an idea. So I filled up. Uh, first of all, I had to pay tolls of my, uh, the tolls were about 200 rand. Just I would say three times seven. Yeah, probably just over 200 rand there, yeah. 200 rand back. Okay. I filled up which cost me 750, 800 rand. So just to get there and back, and I mean, compare this with the, with a, uh, you know, with a, with a flight. So this, it cost me 2000 rand to, to drive down there and back. You know, that's, now I'm in a position, thank goodness, that I can afford it. But for other people, that's a lot of money. Yes, you know, yes. for people on a, you know, who, who want to go down or who are driving like that, that's a lot of money. You know, and I don't know where to position myself. I don't want to put myself in the super rich or rich class or middle class and that. But what I am sensitive to is that when you think of people now who are working as uh, at checkers, as at you know at, at the tools or something, now they've got to pay more for their bread. They've got to pay more to get there in the morning transport. It's going to bite. It's going to really, really bite hard for these people. So, yeah, it is a worry. You know, it's overall, the, 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 there's quite a concern around this. I don't, it hasn't hit us yet, eh? Nothing. This, this hasn't hit us. It's no, going to, will do. It'll come through soon. the system. Mm, yeah, it will mm, come through the system. Mm. I mean, I'm looking at a graph now of the wheat price. The wheat price is going up steadily. It went up from 600 yeah. to, uh, to around about 800 uh, between uh, July of last year to, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago, actually. So it was 600 in July, uh, uh, that's $6 per bushel on the Chicago mm. Board of Trade. It's now uh, 12 so $12.35 a bushel. So it's more than doubled since July of last year. I mean, this is catastrophic yeah. for, as I, yeah. as I said, for, uh, for, for mm. people that rely on this sort of staple uh, for their, you know, literally for their daily bread. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we get it's it's it isn't good. And listen, I think you know in the U.S. they're very sensitive to these issues, very sensitive to gas price and and the political uh, upheaval that it causes. You know, and it becomes a uh, a political tool, mm. um, the the cost of living. But um, I, 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 I it's it's interesting to see. I haven't got a feel for what's happening there yet. I, I must admit. Um, where America stands at the moment, um, you know, or, and I'm not talking about uh, the analysts or economists or market commentators. I'm talking about you know, people in in you know working on normal jobs, how they feel about this and how politically this is. I, I must admit, I'm just a little out of it at the moment. Okay, well, you'll get back into it, I'm sure, now that you've yeah. got some mountain air in your lungs, David, <laughs> from, from the Druckensburg. I, I, I was talking earlier on about my stance towards masks, and as you get older, I don't know about you, but as, as I get older, I, I care less about what people think about me, and I yeah. care a little yeah. bit less about what I say. If I want to say something, I'll say it, and if people don't like it, then as that's, that's their problem. I, I do, though, get more sensitive about things like 
a country invading another country in 2021 yeah. in the middle of Europe. Yeah. And I find it quite yeah. distressing watching the news every day. Mm. I'm addicted to watching the news because yeah. the, these 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 yeah. large media organisations are covering mm. the, the war incredibly well, I think, the BBC in yeah. particular, uh, but I'm biased towards them. But don't you find it, don't you find it sort of distressing yourself? Totally. I, you know what? What those images have done have... Um, what's the word, solidified yes. the opposition to Russia. I don't think this, if the war had been over in two days or something like that, I don't think there would have been the same kind of opposition to what's happening is in Ukraine as we're seeing now, mm. nor the uh, political tools or the economic tools against them. I think that what this has done has um, really... Uh, you know, coordinated efforts against and brought everybody in together against Russia and, and taken down. No one can associate themselves. And what's happened, it's not only the official sanctions that we're seeing now, but we're seeing unofficial. You know, Visa pulls out, MasterCard pulls out, Netflix limits. I think you, you know, uh, no more news, no more uh, subscriptions. All these companies, all the luxury companies have closed their businesses. Yeah. And you're seeing that happen. And if you carry on business, of course, you're going to be ostracized by your colleagues or competitors or by the business. So, you know, this is all taking place because of what we're seeing. You watched the football yesterday. You just saw uh, the flags and the number of uh, blue and yellow flags that were floating around. And uh, also both teams stood together uh, in support of Ukraine. So I, th I think that those images that you're talking on place, you know, I think have just disgusted many, many more people than say, you know, your, your own sentiments. I think it's worldwide. I think everybody has just had enough of Russia. What is And, and I think it's going to be difficult for him. I think he's in a corner. Yeah. It's going to be difficult for Russia. It's, 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 I think it's the end game for him. It's, it depends mm. on how he ends the game himself, yeah. and hopefully he doesn't do mm. anything silly, because I'm in the firing line here. But um, <laughs> no, it's silly. You know what's more disturbing? No, why does President no, Why does President Xi support the the murder of and murder and slaughter of innocent citizens? Because he, you talked about football, and this is a silly example, but it just tells you where they stand and with whom mm. they're aligned. They wouldn't allow mm. English football matches to be broadcast this weekend in China because of the stance that the English uh, Football League was uh, uh, taking in support of Ukraine. So they blanketed yeah. out any any football, which is incredibly popular in China. I don't understand yeah. that. That's disturbing to me. China and Russia getting together. Well, that's horrible. Well, that's when you work, when you live in, a, uh, in an authoritarian country. Who wants to go back to that? Um, I think that Xi will play it carefully. I don't think he's going to um, – I don't think he can afford to isolate the West. He's had a taste of what can happen. Um, I, and, you know, he's just playing a political game at the moment. Um, but, but certainly from, from, from Russia, that starts to tell. Yeah. That starts to tell. Um, don't think it doesn't. When you're when you're a young Russian person and a young Russian boy, and you watch your football every week, and suddenly you can't get it. Yes, it begins, and then you struggle to get the news. You can't because you haven't got the internet. You know, and you're a Man United or Liverpool supporter, whatever you are, and then suddenly your favourite team is is no longer in the World Cup. 
no mm. one will play against you. And yeah. they, they'll have a walkover and, and win the cup in there because there'll be no games. Or when St. Petersburg is going to host the, the, the final, and it isn't. Your, Russian, your tennis players, your gymnasts, all of these people will be ostracized and left out. You know, then it starts to hurt because um, this has never happened before, but it is. So I think that 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 it will start telling on, you know, you can't get foreign currency. Uh, people can't travel anymore. You can't get out the country. Uh, it's it's a difficult. We had it in South Africa, but nowhere close to to what we're seeing now. You know, I remember our jets, SAA had to fly around the bulge to get to Europe. Yes. Issues like that, you know, uh, and stop over in and in, in where I continent Senegal to to get across to America because and there were lots of issues we couldn't get uh, IBM machines or any of the you know the latest uh, tech but um, we were nothing I mean we we were a tiny country and 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 everything found its way in but I mean this is diff- this is at a different level this will cripple Russia yes it will and hopefully the regime and and my my opinion is that when he goes everyone will say thank goodness yeah uh, and even yeah. his, his, the people that are supposed to be close to him will just will just put their hands yeah. up and say, sorry, we did this, but if we didn't do it, we would have been executed or, or put in prison for 10 years or yeah. something. But anyway, uh, talking about football, which you were, oh, I really enjoyed that game last night, David. Manchester City <laughs> against Manchester United. <laughs> they, the best I've seen them in, I don't know, the last 10 matches. They were fabulous. It was hey, a total yeah, annihilation. Yeah. And humiliation Coach, yeah. as well, with the crowd mm. and they're doing the ole every time mm. they pass the ball. Mm. And Fergie's face yeah. was, was priceless to me. Yeah. He looked no, I, so furious. I, I, haven't, I was worried about Man City because some mm. of the games, recent games, they've been very mediocre, mm. lackluster. They might have got their victories, but certainly not potent. But uh, yesterday they were on top of it. Very, very strong. You know, and uh, it's going to be a race to the top. I'll, and and look, Liverpool looks strong. They're amazing. They're, I as mean, well. they, uh, West Ham missed some sitters. I mean, some absolute <laughs> I was, sitters. It was furious. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, you. I, I also I could not believe no. that people who are paid that kind of level or that can miss that. I mean, that's schoolboy stuff. You they know, they should have won that game, and West Ham, actually, with the number totally. of chances they had. Yeah. But they, yeah. Uh, I know. Uh, but um, I know. anyway, fair play to them. They made, they made it a very exciting <laughs> match. The other thing is, never mind football, and then one last sporting thing as we close this conversation, Shane Warne's death. I was, yeah. I was deeply saddened by that as well. Again, that's me getting yeah. soft in my old age. But he was, yeah. he lit up my cricketing. Uh, he, he was one of the people that was responsible yeah. for me really starting to love cricket. And he, just, yeah. he was yeah. 52, yeah. David. Yeah. No, he. I look. He lived a hard life. So one's never quite yeah. sure what took him out. You know, and I'm not going to speculate. But uh, he, he was one of the. He drew people. He was like Tiger Woods. You know. Yeah. You, you, you get these kind of characters who just make a difference when they're on the green or when he was on the. We hated him, but we loved him. I we loved, loved him because he was so good. He and he could wool you out. He would look at you and just. You know, and, and, and he could bowl. You know, that was the other thing. He was he he was really a brilliant, I, you know, brilliant to watch, brilliant on the field, and a, an absolute character. Just so sad that cricket has lost him. But uh, you know, he in any game, you know, and he wasn't. I he he wasn't. Uh, wherever he was, he was friendly. You know, in his yeah. own way, he wasn't. Uh, 
he wasn't one of these characters. He just, I don't know, I just found him very colourful and... He and was lovely. also very yeah, articulate, naughty, but that was him. He was yeah. he was very articulate. When he was fifteen, he got a, he got a, um, a bursary or a scholarship to a, a grammar school, as it was then in Australia. And he says, "I've never been academic." But when you listen to his commentary, and when you yeah. when you hear about how strategically brilliant his brain was, he was actually a very yeah. clever chap, just yeah. not in an academic way. Mm. He was very articulate and very erudite, yeah. and I I'm, I've, I can't believe it. He's, I will miss his commentary. He was fabulous. Yeah. Mm. Oh, Mark well. Nicholas, there was there's there's a clip on YouTube from Mark Nicholas, you know, who wrote his book for him. Yes, and uh, it's just such a fabulous tribute, and it just summed him up. You know, he knew who he was, and he never pretended mm. uh, to be who he wasn't. He was he was, you know, Shane Warne, and it's mm. a pity, and and a great Australian, great Australian cricketer. I, you know, they don't come that often. They don't come. No, they just don't. Uh, technically you get very very good players, but I mean he just brought the game alive, you know, wherever he was. And even if you don't like cricket, you've got to admire someone that went out with yeah. uh, Liz Hurley for three years. <laughs> come on now, <laughs> David. Thank you. Very, thank you very much for your time. As always, it's David Shapiro from Sassoon Securities, and that was Shapiro World. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organisation, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.